0: Locked On Cougars. Welcome into a Monday edition of the show. A lot to get to ahead on today's podcast. As is typical during the season, Mondays is our film review day. I go back and watch the game. What did I take away after re-watching BYU's 24-16 victory? over the Arizona Wildcats. We'll dig into that. We'll also talk about BYU and the Big 12. What is the latest I'm hearing and what to expect this week when it comes to conference expansion and what it might entail for the BYU Athletic Department. We'll also catch you guys up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. A big weekend for BYU women's volleyball in particular. So we'll dig into all of that ahead on today's show. A quick reminder for you guys that right now the ultimate season preview for the NFL is ongoing on the Locked On Podcast Network. That can Continues through this Wednesday, download the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts and tune in every single day as they get you ready for every single team in every division in the NFL ahead of Thursday night's season opener. All right, without further ado, though, here on a Monday, let's get rolling. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for September 6th, 2021. What's up, my friends? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for The Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. A big thank you once again for taking some time to join us right here on your only daily podcast focused on all things BYU. Hope you guys had a fantastic weekend. The thousands of you that traveled to Las Vegas, hopefully you guys are either on your way home, and happy Happy Labor Day, first off, to all of you out there. I'm releasing this podcast. Some of you might be listening to it on Sunday night, but I'm going to try something new. These Monday podcasts, I usually have them done in the evening hours of Sunday, so I'm actually going to release them a little bit early, let you guys get a head start on your week, and especially with the holiday, might as well do that. So if you understand that I'm talking about Monday when it is Sunday, just go with it. And also apologies for my voice. It is absolutely thrashed at this point. I have had allergy concerns and my vocal cords are not up to snuff. Let's put it that way. We're playing it less than a hundred percent, but battling through all the same and hope you guys are all doing great out there. Just a quick reminder to make sure you guys hit that follow button, wherever you're listening in from, make sure you join us every single day because we like to make you guys the smartest BYU fans in the room and looking forward to rivalry week this week. Obviously Utah coming to Lavelle Edwards. Stadium on Saturday night. Gonna be a very, very exciting game. And the hope is that hashtag one is coming. BYU can snap that nine-game losing streak and beat the Utes. Alright, before we look forward though, we do need to look back and we need to talk about what I took away after re-watching the Arizona game for BYU. What I do typically is Saturday nights, obviously, I'll sit down late and I did so last night. I think it was about 3 a.m. when I finally posted the postcast edition of the podcast, a special edition, but I typically wake up Sunday, rewatch the game in its entirety and give you guys what I took away after rewatching the film. It, It really helps to go back and watch games. And it's, I know that many of you don't have that a luxury of being able to do that, but I luckily am able to do that, so let's talk a little bit about what I took away after rewatching the film. I wanted to start off once again with uh, something I noticed on film and that was that Tyler Batty really had a fantastic game for BYU. The funny thing about it is, if you look at Pro Football Focus, when they go through every single player in every single game and actually grade them, Tyler Batty he was actually one of the lowest graded players for BYU in this game against Arizona, but I don't necessarily think Think he had a bad game he showed that his flash in the pan what we saw last year during the 2020 season before he got injured That's no joke. He is legit, folks. He's bigger, he's stronger, he's faster this year, and it seems like at least through one game, what we saw in 2020 is going to translate over to 2021, and that's a very, very good sign for BYU on the perimeter at defensive end, so long as he stays healthy. Other guys along that defensive line, I thought that had a pretty good game, included nice debuts for John Nelson and Blake Mangelson, both of them freshmen, just joining the program this past uh, summer. I thought both of them had moments where they looked pretty good. The defensive line as a whole had its moments. I felt like the interior of BYU's defensive line did not do as well as I expected. Caden Haas, Atunais Amahe, uh, guys like Lorenzo Fawatea, uh, Tuyote Mariner, there's just different guys. I felt like Earl Tuiote Mariner, that's who I was talking about. I just didn't feel like they were as stout as I expected them to be. If I had to have picked which uh, of the defensive line components was going to struggle most in this game i probably would have opted for the defensive end just because there was a lot more unknowns it felt like but the interior the nose tackles and defensive tackles they felt like they had a more of a struggle in this contest so obviously they'll be looking to improve on that front and i expect that they'll continue to do so flipping over to the offensive front for a moment they have issues speaking of BYU at the right guard and right tackle position. And I don't want to harp too harshly on Harris LeChance and then at right guard, it was either Connor Pay or Joe Tukawafu, but the safety that BYU gave up in that game was just Joe Tukawafu and James Empey getting beat play side. The sack that Jaron Hollicks absorbed late in that game, that was Joe Tukawafu giving up on a block and laying a 295-pound nose tackle just flatten his quarterback. The right side of BYU's offensive line had major concerns in that game against Arizona and I can guarantee that Utah is going to try and exploit that this coming Saturday they need to shore that up it was not good the left side of BYU's offensive line very very good Blake Freeland actually graded out as BYU's best offensive lineman per pro football focus I think a grade of about 80 which is really really good for him at a new position he's never played left tackle before much less started there so really nice to see that Uh, Clark Barrington his running mate on the left side was the second highest rated lineman if I recall correctly somewhere in the 70s he had good game. The left side is very much the strong side when it comes to BYU's offensive line, but that right side of that offensive line had their issues, and they've got to figure that out if they want to avoid having catastrophes happen, it feels like, against Utah. If I can see it on film, I guarantee you, Utah's coaching staff, Kyle Whittingham, Morgan Scally, et cetera, they will see it and they will go about trying to exploit that in a very large way. Uh, other things I took away from this game, I really like how BYU attacked on defense, especially in the second half. They obviously losing Keenan Ellis, at cornerback and prayers up that he heals quickly. He was being held overnight uh, down there in Las Vegas for observation, but the hope was he was going to be cleared and be able to rejoin his team team in Provo today at some point. Uh, Speaking of Sunday, as I record this, we'll obviously keep you updated throughout the week as we hear more on that. But BYU secondary had a very good game, I thought, by and large. They were able to blitz a lot more, bring six and five-man pressures, more so in the second half than I have seen in many, many games for BYU. And it paid dividends. They had four total sacks in this game. It was a very, very nice night for BYU. And the cornerbacks in particular, I thought, had a pretty good game. I really liked what I saw from D'Angelo Mandel. I like what Jacob Robinson brought as the uh, slot cornerback for BYU. And I thought that Isaiah Heron called in to replace Keenan Ellis along that uh, defensive backfield at the other cornerback spot. I thought he filled in nicely. Obviously, you hope that Keenan Ellis can heal fully and relatively quickly and maybe get back onto the field at some point later on this season. But I really liked what I saw from the cornerbacks. And it allowed BYU really to get after uh, Gunnar Cruz, who played the majority of the snaps at quarterback for Arizona. Uh, Peyton Wilgar, as well as Keenan Peely, had fantastic games at linebacker for BYU. Ben Bywater filling in for the injured Max Tooley had a very good game as well. I thought that the linebacking core was absolutely stellar in this contest. And they were a big reason why BYU was so effective in what they did. Now, on the offensive side of the ball, a couple of things. Uh, Jaron Hall, funny enough, graded out extremely well per pro football focus in terms of facing uh, pressure and making throws in the face of that pressure, and that's actually a very good sign. Uh, He actually graded out offensively under pressure, according to pro football focus, a 93.3 on his grades for that, and when blitzed, 90.1 per PFF. That's really, really good. Obviously, he made that big throw to Chris Jackson to convert the third down when he took a big hit. The 67 yard touchdown pass to uh, Neil Pauu also was when he was under pressure. So it was actually a pretty good game, I thought, by and large, for Jaron Hall. That first quarter obviously had some concerns, but I just chalked that up to first game jitters. Hadn't played since 2019. I expect you're going to see him continue to improve as the season progresses, and it was nice to see him finish the game. No injury concerns. There was not many uh, quarterback called runs. They had a couple later in the game, but nonetheless, he came out no worse the wear. it felt like in this contest, and that's a good sign. Now, one note here on Gunnar Romney, and talking with some people after the game and throughout the day on Sunday, it sounds like Gunnar Romney's knee injury is of concern, and he's probably going to miss a number of games here. That's at least the initial prognosis. I didn't hear exactly what the injury was, but I would not expect to see him against the University of Utah. But I can tell you guys this much. What I was hearing in the lead-up to the Arizona game was that the Nakua brothers, speaking of Puka and Samson Nakua, they were fully expected to play sparingly, if at all, against Arizona. And the hope was they'd be full go against Utah. So that's some good news on that front. I really liked what Keanu Hill did for BYU. Didn't necessarily have a lot of stats or big stats in the game, but filling in for Gunnar Romney, Keanu Hill was very, very good in his role. He looked slimmer. He looked trimmer he looks faster I thought he played an extremely good game uh, as he stepped in to Gunnar Romney's role as one of the lead receivers for BYU so a good sign there I heard a lot during fall camp that he was really stepping up and evidence was that we saw last night for him and that's a good sign if you're a BYU fan that the the wide receiver position obviously there is concern that that's being thinned out a little bit but as I said the expectation is this week that Nakua brothers will be good to go and hopefully we'll see more tight end targets the tight ends really struggled in this game and I really felt like watching the game that uh, Isaac Rex in particular was a marked man he really had linebackers lining up and following him wherever he went on the field Dallin Holker did not have that great of a game had two targets both of them were incomplete so you'd like to see more from him you like to see more from the tight ends as a whole but I think by and large a uh, I'd say probably a B type of a game if I were giving a letter grade and there's plenty to improve on. There's no doubt about that. And the Cougars, they will be looking to improve because they know they have to improve because the degree of difficulty, it goes up a lot this coming week against Utah. And of course, we'll continue to get you ready for that game. Have a crossover episode with Locked On Utes, Brian Brown, my co-host over on that podcast will join us here on Locked On Cougars to talk about the game. We'll preview that. We'll also have some conversations with players and coaches throughout the week for you guys as well. Well, as we get you ready for this coming Saturday night. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we will look at what's going on with BYU and the Big 12. What is the latest? What to expect this coming week? And is there a chance BYU could be a member of the Big 12 or at least have an invite by the end of this week? We'll dive into all of that in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Stat Hero, folks. And many of you have probably played daily fantasy sports. Did you know that 85% of people who play DFS lose? Is it really all that surprising, though? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups and not to mention experts who have a lot more tools and a lot more time on their hands to do this professionally. You really don't stand a chance and that's where Stat Hero comes in. It is the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and within a reach of winning money. That's what it is all about. Here's how it works. Stat Hero is going to show you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. There's not thousands of other people competing. It's head-to-head. It's absolutely incredible. So give it a shot, guys. You are in total control. Stat Hero is the DFS way that was meant to be. One-on-one. Go to stathero.com/locked on. Sign up for free and right now you can get 3 times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. It's absolutely unheard of. So go to stathero.com/locked Once again, that's stathero.com slash locked on. Excited to welcome back an old friend and advertiser with us here, our friends at All Guard Pest Control. Many of you who have been longtime listeners will recall Seth and his team over there. They are the best resource if you need pest control services in Utah County. They're a local company right here, as I mentioned, in Utah County, but capable of servicing anybody up and down the Wasatch Front. Even out into Wasatch and Tooele Counties, if you need pest control services, All Guard Pest Control is your best bet. Seth Barrett is a huge BYU fan. We had a great chat over the weekend just ahead of BYU in Arizona, and we were just talking about things and both expressing excitement about the season starting, and he was just saying that he was really looking forward to seeing BYU back in action, and he would love to help you guys out when it comes to your pest control needs, no matter what it might be. Mice, spiders, ants, Earwigs, uh, cockroaches, man, even termites. They've got you covered. They are the local resource that I trust. They have serviced my home multiple times. And the best part is right now, you can go on their website, folks, and it's absolutely brand new. They've done a good job. That's allguardpestcontrols.com. They've got a really cool new interactive feature. You can essentially click on the type of pest that you're dealing with. It'll kind of give you the details of what to keep an eye out for and what you need to do to remediate it. And obviously, Allguard would be happy to come out and take care of it for you guys. So give them a call, they are the best, the best it feels like. They have five star reviews up and down the board on Google. As I mentioned, they have served my home multiple times and I am a huge fan of our friends over at All Guard Pass Control. So give them a call. 801-851-1812. That's 801 801- Eight one eight five one. Excuse me. 1, 801 8, 8, 1, 8, 1, or go to allguardpestcontrols.com to learn more. That's All Guard Pest Control a proud partner with us here on Locked on Cougars. All right, folks, BYU in the Big 12. It's a big week ahead if you believe all the reports out there. And I can tell you that the reports are not wrong. Let's put it that way. I do fully expect, beginning on Monday, today, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, that BYU and the other three schools who are expected to receive invites will formally apply for football membership, or actually not football membership, all sports membership into the Big 12 conference. So that means UCF, Houston, Cincinnati, and BYU are all expected to pursue membership membership in the Big 12. Really looking forward to this, folks. I think it's been a long time coming, as we all are aware, for the BYU football program. But there are reports out there that as as soon as this Friday, a vote could happen from the Big 12, their chancellors and presidents of the universities, of the hateful eight, as I call them, the remaining eight schools currently in the Big 12. They could have a vote. And once they vote on it, BYU and the other three schools could be formally issued an invite to members of the Big 12. And I would expect in short order after that, so long as BYU feels like they have the guarantees of the non-Sunday play issues and obviously you're going to make sure that the dollars and cents figures work out, I would expect that BYU is going to pursue Big 12 membership. I think this is going to be awesome, folks. I know there are a number of you out there who say, we sure we want to join what is going to be maybe the lowest rated Power 5 conference. Okay, I get that concern. But what have we heard from BYU fans for years now? We want to be big time. We want to be in the power five. We want to be playing the best of the best. Well, this is probably the one and only shot, in my opinion, that you will get to have an opportunity to get into the big 12. So I'm telling you, if I'm BYU, I pursue this. And you know what? I, by the way, one other thing on this. I I'm, I one other note on this is that currently the Big 12 still holds Autonomous Five designation, which is a Power Five designation given to them, and they will hold it for at least the next five years. So if you join the Big 12, regardless of when you actually enter the conference, whether it's next year in 2022 or 2023, you will be Power Five for a time. There will be a vote in 2025, if I recall correctly here, that could take away that Autonomous Five designation for the Big 12 but i would imagine that if they're going to expand like this they have no reason to think that they're going to lose that designation and they feel like bringing in the schools the caliber of byu ucf cincinnati and houston is going to bolster them i really think this is something you need to pursue if you're byu if it doesn't work out and things fall apart in the next five to ten years okay great then you kind of approach the drawing board once again maybe go back to being an independent. Would that be a little bit of a cluster in terms of trying to get scheduling put, put together? Sure. But, folks, I have heard from hundreds of you over the three-plus years we've been doing this podcast that I just wish BYU was in the big time. I just wish they had that Power 5 designation. And now when it's going to give you that opportunity to have that, you're going to turn your back on it and say, well, maybe we're better off as an independent. Okay you can't pick and choose when you get in this is the opportunity if everything is truly there if if the reports and what i'm hearing from multiple people i have talked to who know a whole lot more than me when it comes to this uh, situation This opportunity is not going to come back around. I really believe that. This is the chance for BYU. The Big 12 is desperate. They are all about survival at this point. They need to get some national brands in there. And there is no other bigger national brand, not currently in the Power 5, than BYU. You guys all saw it last night. 54,000 fans, and I had a couple people who I knew were at that game, estimated that at least 60% were BYU fans. That's what some people said was 75%. It was loud. It was boisterous. You BYU fans represented to a extremely high degree down there in Las Vegas. And if I was a Big 12 administrator, a university chancellor, a president of one of the schools in the Big 12, and I happened to flip that game on, I would say, yeah, This is what we need. This is what we need to bring in. We need BYU to come in and really help bolster us. Will BYU be a contender right away in the Big 12? That's hard to say. I think they would compete. I think they would absolutely compete in basketball, and I think they would compete in football as currently constituted. But the other thing about this is we hear all the time that there are guys in recruiting that will not look at BYU because they don't have the Power 5 designation. Well, here is that opportunity. Go and seize it. So... As of Monday, based on what I understand, the application process for the four schools who are rumored to be the front runners to join the Big 12 are expected to begin the application process as soon as this Friday. And obviously, that would be really, really funny in the lead up to the Utah game to have a vote potentially on Friday by the Big 12 that could formally extend invites and BYU in theory, folks, and this is just theory. They could be celebrating Big 12 membership Saturday night ahead of the Utah game. How would that be to upstage the Holy War, to walk out on the field, have Tom Homo and other BYU administrators, Kevin Worthen, the president of the university, walk out onto the field and say... Just wanted you all to know that we have formally accepted an invitation to join the Big 12 Conference. And can you imagine the reaction from both BYU and Utah fans? Utah fans are going to tear their hair out because they're going to be freaking out that, oh my goodness, BYU is now on the same level as us. And they're going to denigrate BYU. Well, you guys are in the lowest rated Power 5 Conference. Great. We're in the, we're in the club now. Let's put up or shut up. And I really think that this is the opportunity for BYU. Chase it. If I were giving BYU advice, and trust me, they ain't taking my advice, but if I were advising them on what's going on with the situation, I pursue Big 12 membership, and I make sure that I'm inside that club because who knows what's going to happen down the road, but you just got to be inside the door there and make sure that you are part of the quote-unquote big time. That's what I'm concerned about with BYU is that if you were to say, well, I'm not sure. No, you've got to join the big 12 at this juncture because I truly believe this is the best and only opportunity that I can see for BYU to make it into that power five club and they've got to pursue it wholeheartedly. All right. I'll be happy to pass along anything else I hear throughout the week, but expectations that are that Monday today, if you're listening to this on Monday, that application process will be beginning for all four schools: BYU, UCF, Houston, and Cincinnati, as they chase membership in the Big Twelve. And really, really exciting times, folks. And I know that there are concerns. By the way, on the West Coast Conference side of things, you have to give formal uh, notice in terms of what uh, you wanting to leave. Uh, what I was told over the weekend is it's a twelve months notice for the West Coast Conference. There is a pretty nominal exit fee, but that can all be negotiated. We all saw that UConn leaving the American athletic conference to go to the big East. They were supposed to give 27 months. They paid $17 million and were given a 12 month exit. So it can all be negotiated. And I don't think the West coast conference is going to stand in the way of BYU. They're not going to just sit there and keep BYU uh, held up. And let's be honest. If BYU needs to, they'll wait till 2023 and then just say, well, you know what? See ya. Thanks for, thanks for having us, but we're out of here. And, The Olympic sports, they deserve better than what they have gotten in the West Coast Conference. Not to say the West Coast Conference hasn't been a good thing for BYU. Uh, Obviously, basketball has had their struggles against the likes of Gonzaga and St. Mary's. But you're playing in one of the elite power conferences, maybe the elite power conference when it comes to hoops. If you join the Big 12, go get it go chase that down because it's only going to help you guys in terms of attracting new talent and giving you the opportunity to be one of the best programs you can possibly be. All right, so coming up in just a moment, we'll wrap up today's show with everything else you need to know as a BYU fan here on a Monday, a rundown of how the weekend went for BYU Women's Volleyball in their second home tournament, the Round Robin Tournament, the BYU Invitational presented by Zions Bank. We'll dig into all of that in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. And the best part about Built Bar Right now, folks, is when you buy Built Bars, you are supporting BYU football and the walk ons inside that program. Think about this there are 85 scholarship players on BYU's roster of the 123 players that are there. Well, the other 38 players that don't have a scholarship, Built Bar has so graciously stepped in and they are going to pay the tuition for all of those student athletes as part of a name, image, and likeness deal with each individual athlete. It's an absolute game changer, and the way you can help support that is by buying Built Bars. They have nine delicious flavors, what they call their base flavors, but they always have limited time flavors out there. Over the weekend, I had one of those limited time flavors. It's a raspberry cheesecake covered in white chocolate, absolutely delicious. The best part about this is Built Bars, they're incredibly delicious, but they're also incredibly healthy for you guys. Between 17 and 18 grams of protein, just 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and just 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. It's incredible how healthy they are for you as compared to how delicious that they taste. Give them a shot now. Get to Built.com. You can place your order there. While you're there, use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D 1-5 for 15% off your order. Once again, that's promo code LOCKED15 at Bilt.com and get and join the best tasting protein bars with Bilt Bar and support BYU football in the process. One final timeout on today's show to remind you guys that today's podcast is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Obviously, the college football season well underway. The NFL starting up this Thursday. Bet Online is the number one spot for all of your pro and college football action this season. Get all of the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest two hundred thousand dollar NFL Survivor Contest, which are both open now at BetOnline.ag. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your one. 100% welcome bonus with you the promo code locked on. Yes, a 100% promo code locked on. 100 percent bonus using the promo code locked on. Excuse me on that. Also be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the season opener this Thursday between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys and if you lose your wager will be refunded up to $25. That's for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available to you guys. That's bet online. They are your online sportsbook experts. All right, before we go here on this Monday edition of the show, let's catch up on the weekend that was in BYU sports. We'll start off with the 13th-ranked BYU women's volleyball program. Had a very nice weekend. They're now 6-0 and on the season after winning all three of their matches at the BYU Invitational presented by Zions Bank. They started things off Thursday night with a five-set thriller against in-state rival Weber State. The Wildcats really gave BYU everything they could handle through the first four sets, and then BYU just kind of got on cruise control in the fifth and final set, winning that 3-2. to two. Friday, they actually absolutely crushed Dixie State coming up from St. George in straight sets, 3-0, and then finished off things in fine fashion against Michigan State. Cougars absolutely blitzing the Spartans in a straight sets victory. As I mentioned, the Cougars now are 6-0 on the season. Very, very nice to see. They are now going to head out on the road for the first time to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania for the Panther Challenge. They are scheduled to face off against Bowling Green, Pitt, and High Point University in three matches this coming weekend out there in Pittsburgh. So best of luck to the women's volleyball program. I would expect they probably are going to move up in the national rankings as well. We'll talk more about that on tomorrow's podcast once those come out. Now, a note for you guys from this past weekend, it's been long rumored, something we've talked about here, but Mark Anderson from the Las Vegas Review Journal says that the news is that BYU will play Notre Dame at Allegiant Stadium next year, and that will be either on October 8th or October 29th. Both teams obviously have corresponding dates. It'll be part of the Shamrock series. Uh, Notre Dame usually takes at least one game on the road somewhere in the country to play that game. And I think it'd be a really, really cool thing. BYU set a record last night with the 54,000 and change that they had on hand. Uh, It was the largest football crowd in Las Vegas and state of Nevada history. The biggest crowd, I think, at Allegiant was the uh, soccer match, the Gold Cup final down there uh, just a couple months back between the United States men's national team and uh, Mexico but I'll tell you what Notre Dame travels as well as any fan base out there. BYU travels extremely well. That will be a 65,000 plus sellout next year if it truly does come to pass. But Mark Anderson, the guy has done it for a long time down there. He is well sourced, well uh, connected down there in Las Vegas. And I'm excited to see Notre Dame and BYU playing that game. And this would be a modification of BYU, that home game they were supposed to have against Notre Dame. You know what? Las Vegas is a great place to play games like this. We all are aware of that. And any of you who were at Allegiant Stadium really know how great of a facility that is and to be a really really cool game to have the Irish and the Cougars squaring off once again in 2022 all right that is going to do it for today's edition of the show I just wanted to give one note as I mentioned on my film review I gotta give a shout out to Justin Smith it is not easy to be a backup kicker and then be pressed into action when you're expecting a guy like Jake Oldroyd who's a Lou Groza award finalist last year he comes up lame in pregame warm-ups last night I gotta give Justin Smith just a shout out I forgot to do that earlier on in today's show. Really, really nice to see him have a decent game. The PAT snap situation has its issues. There it has a high snap, one that was fumbled by Ryan Rico. That needs to be cleaned up. But Justin Smith punching through that 40 yard field goal to get BYU extend their lead to 11 points. Very, very important there. And I got to give him credit. That was really, really cool to see him step in in a major situation for BYU. That's going to do it. A big thank you once again for your guys' support of the podcast. As always, please follow us on social media, search out Locked On Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Love to hear from you guys via email as well. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. And of course, I hope you guys will have a great day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast for September 6th. I know when you listen to this 2021, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow.